But uh, for the folks at home, uh, I am sitting in Jesse's chair, and Jesse is very uncomfortable with that fact because he is now sitting in my chair. Yeah, it's just... I feel like I'm in a dream. <laughs> like the whole... I don't know how to like put my body to sit yet. Yeah, I don't either, but I'm, not, uh, I'm kind of enjoying it. It's, uh, You're clearly more uncomfortable than I am, which is what I'm enjoying. I'm just, you know... You figured it out. I'm like a dog. I got. I'm like doing the spin around and like try to settle thing. <laughs> this can work. Yeah. The only difference is the audio file out of that microphone is labeled Jesse, and the one out of my microphone is labeled. I mean, Kevin. do you want to do a microphone as each other? A microphone podcast as each other? <laughs> like embody each other's yeah, characters. I, I don't want to do that. That sounds terrible. But uh, no, that would just turn into me. What talking about? I don't know. Star Trek. Star Trek a lot. Yeah. Mystery Science Theater 3000. Kevin, why haven't you watched television lately? <laughs> I did watch, I got Amy to start watching Star Trek The Next Generation. Yeah. Which she has only ever seen sporadically. So we finished Deep Space Nine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, do you want to start The Next Generation? Which is the show that came out before Deep Space Nine. So it started five or six years before. Um, and the first season is notoriously not very good. Mm. Uh, and so we watched an episode a couple days ago, and we watched an episode like two nights ago. And it was interrupted by the power going out, because the power went out briefly, five minutes tops. Um, but the episode we were watching was so bad that when the power came on, Amy was like, I think we can say we watched that episode. <laughs> Maybe 20 minutes in. Is that is that allowed? Uh, it was because I was also very uncomfortable watching it because mm. it wasn't just bad like shoddily made. It was bad like super racist. Oh, okay. Like it, it wasn't like you couldn't enjoy how bad it was because it just like was gross. It was yeah. Um, folks at home, you can look it up. It's uh, depending on how you count. It's episode three of the first season or episode four if you count the pilot as two episodes. Um, Code of Honor is the name. Uh, and it involves a planet full of aliens that are like not not subtly based on some sort of racist 1940s pan-african society cool so it's a bunch of black people like dressed in what people in the 1940s maybe thought the Africans wore being like uncivilized savages not no uh, it was a different Trumper. sort of like uh, racism I mean they were definitely like bad people because they kidnapped someone mm. and then wanted to marry her against her will and then there was a code of honor and a fight to the death and mm, okay. real okay real bad and it's like it's been called by many people like the worst episode of Star Trek ever. Wow, um, and it's it's up there definitely, and it was bad. And you don't need to watch it. Like yeah. it's it's fine not watching it. There are no redeeming qualities to that episode. It's a good thing you don't have any completionist tendencies. I mean, I've seen it before, right? But like, I like I could I, skip it if yeah. I was if I did ever make the decision to watch all of Star Trek. You would have to watch all like, of it. I'd watch it. Yeah. And you could survive watching it, but it's it's uncomfortably bad. Yeah. Gross.
Yeah. Um, speaking of uncomfortably bad. Yeah. Um, you're going to hate me so much. Uh, I watched the second episode mm-hmm. of um, the show I can never remember the name of. Uh, wait. Crazy Ex-Girlfriend? Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Yeah. And I really, really didn't like it. Really? Yeah. Okay. That's fascinating. Like... And this was, I feel like this was a long time ago. Did we yeah. watch, did we watch the pilot episode together two weeks ago or four weeks ago? I don't remember. I feel like it was only two weeks ago. Okay. Um, cause I'm trying to think of like how long it's been since I've watched television, but yeah. I, I feel like I watched the second episode soonish after we watched the first one mm-hmm. and I just thought it was pretty dumb. That's really interesting. Yeah. Like it was Phil, like it was about, uh, Rachel or Rebecca Rebecca being all like scrubby and sad and being weird and like starting to figure out that she might have made a super bad decision mm-hmm. and then like meeting uh Jesse right is that the, the boy's name oh the guy she has sex with or doesn't have sex with I don't know if she has sex with or doesn't have sex with anybody in that episode What's the guy's name she chased to California? Josh. Josh. Oh, okay. That's right. That, <laughs> Some projection going on there. No, I just did a weird thing where my brother's name is Josh and people get our names confused. And I think my <laughs> brain just got my brother and mine's names confused because we're siblings. That's pretty funny. Anyway. Yeah. So she like s- keeps seeing Josh around and then like meets his girlfriend mm-hmm. who's like Valencia yoga lady yeah and then there's yoga song the yoga song is a bad song it was horrible the yoga song is a bad song and they should feel bad for making it. yeah and i feel like yoga song was not like the episode was yoga songy like yoga song was not like oh gosh that was a weird bad part of that episode like the mm-hmm. whole episode was just like weird yeah although i do think feeling kind of naughty is one of my favorite songs which is the second song in that one that was all right yeah. But no, the yoga song is bad, and I don't think they understood why it was bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was very just over the top. Like, it committed. Mm-hmm. Well, so I think I think there was a disconnect between what they were trying to accomplish in that song versus what they actually accomplished in that song. Because I think... This is my read on it. I think they were trying to make fun of people who, like, put way too much into yoga and who were, like, you know... Oh, I, you know, studied with gym yoga and I'm the best at everything yoga. And it was supposed to be about like how, like Rachel's feelings of inadequacy against what she perceived as that. Mm -hmm. But it really just came across as like some, the the non-ironic version of that. Yeah. It was like, you're bad because you're fat and ugly. Yes. Um, and and I I do think that song did not succeed where it was attempting to do so. Yeah. Um. So needless to say, like I still plan on watching more Crazy Ex Girlfriend, yep. but I haven't because <laughs> <laughs> like I'm no longer excited to watch another episode. That's fair, and I mean, a lot of people probably don't like the show, and I can understand that. But mm-hmm. I appreciate that you trust me enough. To say that, like, you will potentially continue watching it going forward because I really do think it is, like, possibly the best show on TV right you now. You love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, I really liked the first episode. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought it was great. And then this episode was just, like, bleh, like, 
I imme- like I remember watching it and immediately just like rolling my eyes and being yeah. like, "Well, uh, I don't know about this anymore." Again, I think, really, I think the episode nine, which is way far into a season, to be like, it gets good by him. But I think yeah. that's when it really turns around and it really starts to find itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, I understand, like, there were critics I was reading who were watching it because I didn't start watching it until the first season it completed. But I would go back and, like, read recaps. Mm-hmm. And there were critics who were like, I was about to give up on this show. Before this episode, mm-hmm. and it was episode it was episode nine, which is Josh and I are going to the beach. I think is what it's called, hmm. um, and is a really solid episode. And I think was a bit of a course correction for the show of sort of realizing, okay, we can't just tell this same story over and over again. We mm. have to make some changes. We have to make some adjustments. Yeah, and started moving towards the amazing show that I think it is. I could probably survive until episode nine. Yeah. Daryl makes seven layer dip. Nice. Mm-hmm. I love that. It's a good dip. <laughs> it's got seven layers. Mm-hmm. Um, one time uh, at a previous store, yeah. coworkers and I decided to waste a humongous amount of time by coming up with uh, as many food slash band name puns as possible okay and uh the list ended up reaching like uh over a hundred that's a lot of food slash band names but my favorite one was seven slayer dip (laughs) it's pretty good yeah it's pretty good uh that does remind me of the game i don't remember i first heard about it but it's it's a game where all you do is think of movie names, like names for existing movies mm-hmm. that could also be about pooping. Mm. Mm-hmm. Any any examples? Uh, it's it's tricky. You have to, you have to sort of build into it. Mm-hmm. Um, what's what's one that I would start with? Um, Deep Impact. <laughs> yep. There you go. Uh, I'm sure a lot of the like apocalypse movies mm-hmm. would work. Um, yeah. Hmm. The Dark Knight Rises. Hmm. It's not great, but okay. <laughs> um, uh, let's see. <laughs> the Prestige. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. works. <laughs> Mm. The Green Mile. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> uh, this one's like a a less strong connection. I'm, I'm thinking of movies from, by our favorite directors, uh, Michael Bay and Christopher Nolan. Yeah. Um, Pearl Harbor. <laughs> it's like yeah. being bombed I, I get from it. above. Yeah, no, I, I get it. It's cute. Um, <laughs> How about you? That's a bad game. Yeah, but it's kind of fun. <laughs> Just, you know, what can you come up with? And I, it's it's a fun game because all you do is say the movie title. Like, because once you have the context of the game, <laughs> right. you don't need any additional joke. It's yeah. just, it just works. Yeah, the joke, the joke is happening completely in your head. Mm-hmm. 
which I really appreciate as a as a joke mechanism. Hmm. As a jokesman. Hmm. Um. Hmm. Okay. Question. Hmm. How was your hurricane? Uh, not bad. Spent most of the weekend indoors because mm-hmm. that's where it wasn't raining. Hopefully. Yeah. Well, from what I've seen in some places in Austin, that didn't happen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The cat did not like it. She was not enjoying the rain. Really? No. Like, she was just stir crazy, which is weird because she doesn't like go outside anymore, but she felt like, like, why are y'all here? What's going on? I don't like this. I thought she like loved attention. She does love attention, but you could tell that she was not happy for some reason. Hmm. I wonder if there was some some characteristic of the storm being probably the, the, the well, storm it was dark that makes gray animals out. like because yeah. I, I heard that from some other people that like yeah. their cats or their dogs like especially didn't like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it was not super exciting, but that's okay. The power went out for about five minutes. Oh yeah. Uh, and I mean, Amy had gone to the store Friday afternoon and gotten some supplies, you know, just some basic stuff to make sure they were out of bottled water, uh, because of course they were. Mm -hmm. And so we got a 12 pack of sparkling water, (laughs) like just the HEB brand fizzy water. I'm like, well, that'll work in an emergency. Classic, traditional, standard emergency supplies. Um, and you know, some food and things like that. We, when the power went out, it was pretty late. It was eight thirty or nine, like sun was down. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, so our apartment got real dark real fast. Yeah. And so it was like that realization of like, Hmm, where do we have flashlights? Do we have flashlights? <laughs> do we have candles? We should look and see if we have candles like in the dark. Um, and I knew I had, uh, I have, and I do have a hand crank flashlight that I've had for a decade or more, probably yeah. at this point, took it to college with me. And so I knew I was pretty sure I knew where that was. So I went and tried to find that, um, using my phone flashlight, mm-hmm. um, and the power came back on. It was like, fine. Maybe found one that needed a couple batteries that we had. So it was like, yeah, that's maybe something we got. So we're definitely considering like, a disaster readiness kit like we definitely were like yeah let, we need to build this we need to just take the time go to amazon get the stuff yeah and build it yeah that's always a good idea i don't really have anything like that i like didn't prepare at all mm-hmm. i didn't like i barely even knew this was happening like my mom texted me <clears throat> the storm hit friday night right mm-hmm. like friday overnight kind of yeah um my mom texted me on like wednesday and what did she say? Something like, like, are you ready to get hit by Harvey? Mm-hmm. And, I'll, and, I res- <laughs> and I, and I responded, the giant rabbit. No, I, I just responded. Who's Harvey. <laughs> like I hadn't, like, I guess I, I kind of knew that there was like a, there was, I knew there was rain coming on mm-hmm. the weekend. Yeah. That's all I knew. Um, I didn't know it was a hurricane or that it was named Harvey, which is like ridiculous. Cause it was the biggest like news thing happening. It was a real big deal. Yeah. It still is like, I know it's like nice and sunny out right now, but I also have to remind myself like Houston's underwater. Right. And like, it's not getting better yet. No. Right. Like it's the rain. Like like, the the rain stopped. has stopped in Houston. As far as I know, it may not have, but like it was getting better. The hurricane has mostly dissipated at this point. At least it's not a hurricane anymore. I think it's a tropical storm. Yeah. Uh, but like Houston is not going to be better 
anytime soon. No, this is like very bad. Like this is this is Katrina levels of bad. Like this is like an entire major metropolitan area that will be in recovery for a decade or more. Yeah. And I can't quite comprehend that. Yeah, especially like I don't know New Orleans when it happens in New Orleans, I feel like it was more like the situation felt worse when like paying attention to the news during mm-hmm. Katrina. I think like more people died during Katrina than are probably going to die during this. That wouldn't surprise me, but yeah. But like the pictures and videos from Houston, like the amount of water. Yeah. Oh, it's terrifying. It's like, it's just an incredible amount of water. I can't, I cannot comprehend it. Yeah. Um, like I had like, I had no problem here, which is great. Like, yeah, super it lucky. rained a lot. Hmm? It rained a lot. Yeah. It just like, it rained a lot and there wasn't even really any flooding anywhere mm-hmm. that I saw. Yeah. There's some low water crossings that got like shut down. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, uh, I went grocery shopping on Friday as well because I just needed to go grocery shopping. <laughs> right. And it feels really dumb to not realize that there's a hurricane coming and go grocery shopping. That it, it, it is pretty dumb. <laughs> Cause I was like, hmm, it's weird. Like I know it's like the evening, but grocery it's stores really should be here. more stocked than this, <laughs> now, right? Like, and I just like I needed another loaf of sandwich bread. And, yeah, and like there were no loaves of bread. Yeah, yeah, like not no loaves empty. of bread. Um, and it's like all oh all these people are buying up all the bread because they're like afraid they're gonna like die in a hurricane. But like I just want a loaf of bread because that's like a thing <laughs> I like to have in a house. Yeah. <laughs> um but the yeah, it rained a lot. It was kind of windy. Uh the store did close on Saturday. Yeah. Um which I didn't even know about. Which is crazy? <laughs> yeah, like which is great. Like no one thought to bother me about yeah, it. Yeah, that's good. Um But I had a great hurricane weekend because like Ellen and I like hold up together yeah. here for the weekend and had a great time. Um, we did though go like hiking on Saturday and Sunday in the rain. Like yeah, like on purpose. Ugh. Like we wanted to like go out and adventure in Ugh. the hurricane. If because it's miserable. Yeah. And cold. Uh huh. And wet. Uh huh. But if you just like accept that, it's miserable and cold and wet. No, no, no. But then you're like soaking wet and like in treacherous conditions and miserable which is fun but you're not miserable i would be miserable because soaking wet because when you because when you accept the soaking wet part you then die you're having fun in treacherous conditions <sighs> like we went the, in okay no so saturday we like went and like walked around downtown in like the height of the rainfall yeah. and like Austin library officials don't listen to this. We like snuck in the new library construction. This is not the first time that you have illegally Mm -mm. snuck into a place on our podcast. Nope. Uh, We snuck into the new library construction downtown, uh, which was fun. And then like walked around the city a bit and it just got like, we got really, really soaking wet. Yeah. Uh, But then like went into a coffee shop and like, were warm and drank coffee and it was glorious. Yeah, but you were still soaking wet. Yeah, but like I've never had a better hot beverage in my life. <laughs> and then this is where we were probably pretty stupid. Uh-huh. Because on Sunday we went like that's when we went like hiking and we went to like 
the green belt where the river is. Yeah, this is how you die. Mm-hmm. And I remember like like we were walking around the pass and like not near the river, but we were walking around the pass and one of them like went down towards the water. Yeah. And we walked it down and I was like, wow, like the river, right? The water was raging. It was fuller than it normally is and just flowing yeah. really, really strong. And, and out- dangerous. And I saw that and I was like, this is what, like a flash flood could just happen right now. Uh-huh. I was like, we should, like, this is cool and awesome and I love this, but like, not this close. <laughs> We shouldn't be this close. Don't don't go play near the river during a hurricane. But it turned out fine. I'm glad you didn't die. Me too. Like, but like we weren't like I wouldn't do that if I if this was happening in Houston. If it, I was in but Houston, still. But like, all it was was just like a lot of rain and it was kind of windy. Yeah, you didn't know that's what it was gonna stay. True. Like, thousands of people lost power in Austin. Yeah, I didn't realize it got that bad because I didn't, like, I didn't lose power at all. Yeah, but it was that bad. <laughs> I know I'm playing, like, dad here, but come on. Um, what kind of extreme weather have you lived through? Uh, tornadoes, mostly. If you had, like, real close calls with tornadoes? Had pretty close calls. Yeah, um, that sounds truly. Terrifying. DFW and Ohio both have a lot of hurric- or a lot of tornadoes. It's mm-hmm. so like the two major places I've lived have had really bad hurric- tornadoes. Uh, this was the closest I've ever been to a hurricane. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. Because I've never like this is the closest I've ever lived to the coast. Oh weird. It is a little weird, but like <laughs> I don't like Austin is not close to the coast. No, but this is as close as I have ever gotten to any sort of coastal living. That's unfathomable to me. The country's really big. I know. And most of it's empty. (laughs) (laughs) I've lived in the empty parts. Yeah. Isn't it like like half the population lives within like 20 miles of the coast or something like that? That wouldn't surprise me, yeah. Yeah, it's like super unbalanced. I mean, well, if you look at our major cities, New York, Los Angeles, whatever the third one is, Houston. The third one is Chicago, and that's like... That's like a coast. coast. (laughs) It's like like a lake really big lake it's a real it's great <laughs> uh but yeah so yeah uh but so three of the four major cities like largest population centers in the u.s are at coasts yeah so that doesn't super surprise me see like i've done like you're all shocked about my hurricane adventuring but like i've done that before yeah like, massachusetts doesn't get hurricanes often yeah but every once like every couple of years a hurricane just doesn't hit the the eastern seaboard until yeah. like new england so, like, every couple of years, like, Massachusetts gets, like, a category, like, two or three hurricane. Yeah. Were you there when the big one hit Jersey? Yeah. Yeah. And that was, like, like that was a really, really bad storm. Yeah. It didn't do much damage. A lot of flooding in though, Massachusetts. Wasn't it? No, no, in Massachusetts, yeah. But, like, yeah, the, it did a lot of damage and flooding in Jersey. Yeah. We were, like, just far enough away. Right? But, like, it's that was worse than Harvey here. Like the wind and rain levels. Yeah, well, you were closer right, to way New closer Jersey to than you are to Houston. But it, like, my point is I still did, yeah. I still would like go outside do stupid and things. do stupid things because it's fun. It's stupid. That's what makes it fun. <laughs> <laughs> Doing stupid things when the statistical chance of 
the bad thing actually happening to you is low is fun. Like the statistical likelihood is greater, but it's still, still stupid. Very low. Uh, yeah, but just so yeah, tornadoes. I've I've been around tornadoes a lot. Yeah. Um, we had one touchdown in the lake. I lived like in Lake Grapevine. I lived in Grapevine. We had a tornado touchdown on Lake Grapevine. On the lake. Yeah. Ooh, weird. Um, massive hailstorms often associated with tornadoes. Like those come hand in hand very often. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, no earthquakes. I mean, flooding again related. Uh, Lubbock floods a lot because it's flat. It's at elevation, but it's a plateau. Yeah, it's a huge plateau, right? A thousand miles in every direction. Maybe not quite that far, <laughs> but a lot of a lot of miles in every direction. Um, and so Lubbock floods and gets uh, haboobs. What's that? It's a dust storm. Why? Why is it called that? I don't know. Oh, that's what it's called. It's called a haboob. Nice. Like a like a legit dust storm. Yeah. Like wall of like you can watch a wall of dust. Yeah. Like you can't like. So you see that, that that building across the way through your window? Mm-hmm. You can't see that. Wow. Yeah. It's like fog, but windy but brown, dust. and it hurts. Ugh. Does does that like shut stuff down? Nope. <laughs> you just wrap something around your face and pretty much yeah. get on with your business. Yeah. I don't know. That yeah, sounds, they call them brownouts. That sounds pretty stupid and dangerous. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I don't recommend it. Is Brown Out the name of a movie that can also be a poop pun? I mean, if it is the name of a movie, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's what I don't know. No hurricanes, no earthquakes. Yeah, tornadoes are, are tornadoes are my bread and butter, as it were. Yeah, I don't want to deal with tornadoes. Like, if there was a tornado, I wouldn't be like, it'll be fun and adventurous to go yeah. outside. Like, if there's a tornado, I just... Which is interesting, because I am more blasé about tornadoes. Mm, having yeah. having dealt with them like i'm i still take them seriously but like i kind of have that sense of like when when do i worry versus when do i not yeah like oh a hurricane is nearby or oh a hurricane is nearby right <laughs> um because the the distinction for that is i still don't go outside because that's dumb but like there's a distinction between like watching the news and there's some tornadoes nearby or like nope we're in the bathtub now like right that's how bad it is Oh, did you never have, like, storm cellars or... There are no cellars in Texas? I thought tornado places, like, had... Texas doesn't have basements. But then what do you do about tornadoes? You get in the the bathtub. That's not going to do anything. It's better than sitting in the front yard. (laughs) That's like duck and cover, children. The (laughs) nuke is dropping. But no, you you go find an interior wall, an interior room... No windows, close the doors, put a mattress on top of you. All right. And it's the option you have. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like if it's the thing, if it's the only thing you can do, that's yeah. the only thing you can do. Yeah. That, the- like that's really terrifying. Like there's hurricanes are bad, but they don't have the extremes of a tornado. I oh, feel 115 mile an hour sustained winds. Yeah. But like a tornado is like at least that. In like a hyper localized yeah. place. Typically, the devastation that a hurricane causes is wider ranging than mm-hmm. where the like a tornado causes devastation where the tornado is. Like exactly where the tornado yeah. is. Yeah. Um, hurricanes are massive, and so they cause massive swaths of problems. Right. Like a tornado wouldn't affect the entirety of the Houston metropolitan area. Yeah. I mean, there was a tornado that went through downtown 
uh, Fort Worth. And, like, that didn't impact me. Mm. And, like, you were super close to it. I wasn't. I was out of town when it happened. But, oh, but you, yeah. Yeah, but, like, our house was fine. Like, of course. That was not a big deal. There was one tornado in Massachusetts once. Wow. And, I remember, like, I remember it because it was, like, just a really freak intense yeah. thunderstorm. Just, like, a summer thunderstorm. Yeah. And then, like, a couple towns over... I remember like seeing on the news that like a tornado touched down and everyone was like, what is going on? Like, yeah, yeah. but hail and the and super intense lightning and everything. Yeah. The sky turned green. I don't remember. That's always a bad sign. Is that a tornado thing? Mm-hmm. Why does it turn green? Uh, science. Or like magic? Could be magic. Yeah. But yeah. The, the, like it looks green outside. Oh. Like the light. Weird. Yeah. I've had hail before. Oh, the big one it, that I've dealt with is blizzards. Oh yeah, see, I've I've I have had a, I've had snow like Ohio we had snow, but we we never had like what I would call a blizzard. Yeah, yeah, a blizzard is like a dust storm except it's white. Yeah, and then and colder it, and colder, and then it's heavy, and then it doesn't go anywhere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the dust goes away after a while. <laughs> yeah, the snow accumulates to three or four feet and then stays there for weeks. Yeah. Never had to deal with that, thankfully. Yeah. But that's like, that's the, yeah, that's the worst of it in the Northeast. Blizzards can like, they knock out power for a long time. Yeah. They take down trees. They, like a hurricane sucks because like you should stay inside. Yeah. But like a blizzard sucks because you can't leave. Yeah. <laughs> well, Amy's told me uh, about her folks and living with her folks at the time when they had a blizzard that knocked out power for like 11 days mm-hmm. in their house. Yeah. And they, they live out in, like, the boonies of uh, Asheville. And so, like, they're always the last to get power back. Oh, a blizzard in Asheville? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. They have a wood-burning stove in their in their house. Like, and it looks like it's just for decoration. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> like, it's just in a corner. It looks real nice. But, like, it's like, no, we might have to burn wood if there is a blizzard. Yeah. To, like, boil water. That's one thing that's interesting about a blizzard is uh, you don't run out of water as long as you got fire. Right, as long as you got fire. But uh, if you have, like, electrical-only heating... Yeah, now that you're in trouble. ...things, then you're in trouble, yeah. So that's... We were always fine. Like, we... I remember a couple times losing power for, like, more than three or four days. Yeah. And um, we were always, like, okay because we had uh, propane. Mm-hmm. Uh, we couldn't... Propane, like, oven and stove. Yeah. So heat didn't work. And water didn't work. But you could create fire. But we could turn on a burner and melt snow. Right? Like we always had like a stock of water, but like we could melt snow if we needed to, and we could like turn on the oven and all sit around the oven. Yeah. (laughs) Like wrapped in blankets drinking tea. Yeah. Like that's what you can do. Yeah, you stay warm for a while. And then when the plow finally comes and plows all the snow into a big pile at the end of your driveway, and then you go then you go outside and you build forts. That's fun. So I'm going to do a transition. Yes. So I sent you this link this morning. Did you did you open the link I sent you? Oh, I forget. It was a Kickstarter. Oh, yes. Something about Pepe. So I've wanted to talk about this for a while, but I, I wanted to give it zero publicity. And by the time this airs, it will have ended. Okay. Um, there's a Kickstarter on for a video game uh, about Pepe the Frog, like trying to take him back. And he's not a symbol for hate. Mm. Um. I mean, he is a symbol for hate. Whether we like it or not, like, that has definitely happened. Pepe the Frog um, is not always a symbol for hate, but, like, 
he became a symbol for him. Yeah. Um, and was is actually like has a distinct creator. Like there's a guy who made Pepe the Frog. Yeah, it's a character from a comic. Yeah. Um, that had nothing to do with Nazism, right? No, none whatsoever. Um, although, like, he's basically, like, retired the character. He's like, I can't do anything with this anymore. Yeah. And for a short time, Pepe the Frog was a meme mm-hmm. unaffiliated with yeah. Nazism, too. Like, yeah. And then it just became popular amongst that crowd. The Nazis. And then it ruined it forever. Yeah, it did. Um, but so there is this Kickstarter that I discovered because I scroll through Kickstarter too much. <laughs> and it's this guy or guys, I don't know. They've, they've like erased their social media since this went live. Hmm. Um, like the Twitter account that's linked to that profile doesn't exist anymore. Um, they're like, we're going to save Pepe. We're going to bring him back and, you know, make it into this video game about how he's a cool guy and there's lots of memes in it and we need a bunch of money to make this video game. Hmm. Uh, and for a very long time, like three weeks, it sat at 0% funded. <laughs> and I just loved that. Like, because that's, that's the kind of like counter Nazi protest. I like, hmm. um, that is, it is almost performative in that like <laughs> no one was angry. No one was writing hateful screeds. They were just giving it zero attention. Hmm. Uh, which I really liked. I liked that as a thing. It's nice when hmm. Kickstarter works. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah it's like nobody thinks this is a good idea so it doesn't get any money yep or even if a small amount of bad people think it's a good idea it still doesn't work and so like it now has one pledge for ten dollars out of what's the fifteen thousand? Oh gosh yeah and like three days left let's hope it doesn't rally yeah or two days left ten ten dollars out of ten thousand dollars has this is this being like passed around on the internet as like a thing i don't think anybody's talking about it. you just randomly discovered it found directly yeah okay nobody linked me to it i was just literally scrolling through kickstarter projects because i can see this being like a focal point of a battle Mm -hmm. right where this gets publicity and people discover it and then you know the left is writing hateful screeds about why it should be ignored and shut down and not funded. And then the right decides that, Hey, this is something the left hates. So let's all rally behind it. And then it gets made. Well, the thing is, it's really funny is like, if the creator of Pepe, Matt Fury was able to like figure out, like found out this existed, he could get it shut down on intellectual property grounds. Oh, true. Cause that's his character. Yeah. Like he can't stop people from making memes, but he can definitely stop people from making money off of his character. Yeah, that's true. Um, and I don't even think he knows about it. Or if he does, he's just shut up about it and not said anything. Right, because it has one backer and it's yeah. not going to turn into anything. Um, but I just love that, like, it's like I, I will like pull it up and just look at it with no money and just, <laughs> like, yeah, that's nice. Still okay. You're just going to keep it on, like, auto refresh for the next couple of days and watch it. Maybe, watch yeah. Watch it end. And... I just pull it up every now and then and go, eh, it's still not going not gonna to make any money. That's wonderful. I love it. Um, and it's it, like it definitely reads like a scam like it's it's two guys who like probably don't know how to code or make a video game but make could make a video like yeah and write a description and, yeah yeah and take 10 grand of your money if you're going to give it to them hmm. but uh, i don't think that was going to happen and they, they've gotten like one tenth of one percent of their funding is this it is the are the creators of this like try like are they doing this in bad faith or are they actually like are they sincerely trying to 
Like, make Pepe innocent again. I can't tell. Or is it... Like, they're like, Pepe's not a symbol of hate. Like, that's what they're trying to say. And here is proof. We're going to make a funny, meme-tastic video game starring him. <sighs> Love when things are meme-tastic. Yeah. Um, what? Who cares about the character Pepe? Nazis. No, but, like, it wasn't a popular thing. It was on 4chan. Where the Nazis live. No, I mean like Matt Fury's comic. No. Right? Like not particularly. It was it's not like this was some like loved character that had like interest and in following beforehand. Mm-mm. No. So what like what is there to revert Pepe back to? Not being a Nazi. But you can't do that from a place of like we care about Pepe so much that we want to make him innocent again. You know who did that? Matt Fury with the Save the Save Pepe Kickstarter campaign. Oh, Matt Fury tried to do something like and this? did and was successful. There is a Save Pepe campaign. What? So if you if you Pepe was not second, saved. That no, was unsuccessful. No, it failed. <laughs> it was, I mean, it made money, but it was an unsuccessful campaign. I mean, it only funded on August first, twenty seventeen. So like this month. How is he trying to save Pepe? Making a new comic. That's not. Our aim is to resurrect Pepe the Frog in a new comic book reclaiming his status as a universal symbol for peace, love, and acceptance. That's not going to work. And this was created by Matt Fury and Jason Fury, like the owners of the copyright. Hmm. And so they, I mean, like they're going to make a comic and it'll probably have, you know. And it's just going to turn into more fodder for Nazi memes. I mean, it might. I don't know. I don't know what it's going to do, but it made... Uh, $34,000. That's crazy. Yeah. The world would be better if I didn't have student loans than if <laughs> they got to remake another comic with Pepe. Mm-hmm. They should, I'm going to contact them. They should, they should redirect their funds. To your student loans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Um, What else has been going on these past two weeks? Hmm. Oh, uh, I saw a movie that I think you'd be interested in, but don't want to watch. Um, okay. So I know I know your love of Groundhog Day. Yes. Love Groundhog Day. Yeah, who doesn't? Uh, I suspect you also have an affinity for Groundhog Day-esque stories in film. Yes, no. Like? Like time loops and repeating. Yeah. yeah. I'm a big fan of time travel movies. Yeah, yeah. And, and Groundhog Day is not quite a time travel movie, but it's close enough that it's, it's solid. It, yeah, it's on the side of that uh-huh. genre. There's a new movie on Netflix uh, that was a Netflix original uh, that is a time loop story. Okay. It's about a guy. uh, It's his wedding day. Everything's going terrible. And then he loops back and has to start over again. Uh, Except instead of being a full day, it's just one hour. Oh, gosh. Um, And the premise of it is, is that he starts the loop naked in an elevator. (laughs) uh and it stars marlon waynes and is terrible oh okay it's called naked did you watch this i watched most of it and i got distracted and didn't have any desire to keep watching oh man that that sucks because (laughs) a character's time looping premise is like hard to make bad to watch like it can be so mediocre and it can still be like entertaining to watch a character time looping but 
If it stars Marlon Wayans, I doubt Most it. of the joke is, he's all. naked. Right. That should not be the joke. Like That can be the joke once, right? Mm-hmm. Like, haha, these are hilarious like start conditions. Mm-hmm. But, oh, that's too bad. Yeah. How I might do, finish it, but... Does he get unnaked? Eventually. Good. Like, the first couple loops, he spends almost entirely naked. He's doing the same hour over and over yeah. again? So he wakes up at 11 in the elevator, and at noon, the he, he time warps back. And this, he's supposed to be, like, getting ready for his wedding? He's Like, he's supposed to be at the wedding. Like, the wedding was at 11. Mm, okay. Oh, so there's, like, no way to make the day good. Yeah. Part of me wants to do that. To watch it? Maybe, no, to... To be in a time loop, right? Like it's a it's a fun puzzle, mm-hmm. uh, but not that time loop. <laughs> That's too much. Like wedding day, naked, looping every hour. Yeah, sounds too hard. Mm-hmm. But I always thought like Groundhog Day would be fun. I know. I learned about that in your podcast. I would stab you. All about Groundhog Day. Yeah. Yeah, but then yeah, no, we don't. I've talked about Groundhog Day plenty. Yeah. It would get real dark real fast. But <laughs> yeah, it's it's fine. Like it's not a terrible movie, but like it's at the level of all the other stuff Marlon Wayans has made in the last five or ten years. Yeah. Like not not, not worth good it at all. No. Um. That's too bad. The world needs more good time loop movies. There is an interesting one. It's not quite a time loop, but it's a fascinating film. I think it's called 11 Minutes. I don't know it. Um, it's a super low indie budget movie. Uh, and you can tell because it looks like it was filmed at somebody's birthday party. <laughs> um, or like a New Year's Eve party. And that's because it was. Hmm. Uh, so the premise of this film, I love this. It is fascinating. Um, is... So the film is told in chronological order from the perspective of the time traveler. So I'm putting that out. I'm putting that to make things clear first. Okay. So there's a guy who in the future uh, figures out how to travel through time, but he can only do it for 11 minutes at a time. And then he gets sucked back or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or he, push, he has to go back or whatever. And the very first time he does it, he travels back to this party. And um, he sees a girl there and kind of has the hots for her and then comes back. Mm-hmm. And then keeps coming back over and over again, but he can't calibrate it quite right. <laughs> so he keeps coming at slightly different 11-minute slices of time. Mm. And Are they overlapping? They're not overlapping. Okay. Um, so we don't have to deal with that. They're all unique moments. But he is basically experiencing the party in the wrong order. And so he comes in and there are people at this party who already know him and know what he's doing. Yeah. Because he explained time travel to them or whatever in one of his previous appearances earlier in the evening. But later according to him. Later to him. 
<laughs> and so you see the movie in these 11 minute chunks mm. from his perspective. So you don't mm-hmm. see the future ever. You just see the party. But you see these 11 minute chunks like his first time traveling back, his second time, his third time as it bounces to different points in the evening. <laughs> That's awesome. That's yeah. super clever. It's amazing. And there might be 11 of them. There might be more or not. But like if they were extra clever, they'd make 11 of them. Yeah. Um, and that's it like all the time travel is just going to this party yeah and literally like like it's super low budget the time travel effect happens in the bathroom with the lights off oh wow yeah like and it might be a found footage film now that I'm thinking about it like Hmm. it it has the sort of feeling of a found footage film because it's so cheap yeah I, I don't think it it may or may not be I don't know yeah but um there are definitely cameras present at the party, if that makes sense. Yeah, and so you uh-huh. can see people filming things. I can't remember if it is if it is only from that perspective right. or not. Is it? How does it handle like causality stuff? Does he? Does the character? Was the character at the party like earlier in his life? Or no. so is he? Is he just like he has traveled to before he was ever born? Okay. Okay. And so he's just like materializing, yeah, somewhere in the bathroom. Okay, it's always in the bathroom, and he just walks out, and people assume he's just there. Yeah, nice. Um, here's my favorite. Like, it's a good movie. It's a uh-huh. solid. It's solid, especially for being super cheap, which it probably was. Um, my favorite thing is how they filmed it, which is they filmed the party in chronological order. Nice. Okay. So, like. So there's really awesome like continuity because they basically filmed it in these 11 minute chunks like at a party. I think they filmed it maybe maybe two or three times, maybe all at once. Uh-huh. I don't remember. But so basically like he knew the actor knew like what loop he was on at each point. Like they had it all mapped out so that like his earliest appearance in the party is like loop 12 or whatever. Um, and then it goes to loop three and then mm-hmm. to loop one. And, and so all these different things um, and heavily improvised but like he knew right. where he was in each step of that and they knew sort of the overarching plot of what he had to do and most of the people who were at the party had to be reactive and, and kind of were responding to what the story was telling uh-huh. and so they filmed it in chronological order and then cut it up later into these 11 minute slices that happened in his perspective order yeah like on set you just have a two hour party yeah and and you have these things happen yeah right. which is just which is exactly how they that story would happen in real life. Yes. Right? Yeah. That's how... Pe- you have this guy going to the bathroom and he comes out and it's a different version of him. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot of going to the bathroom for yeah. someone at one party. Well, I think he just appears in the bathroom. I don't know if he disappears from there as well. And I can't remember where he disappears from. Mm. But And, it's, and it's, it is kind of a romantic comedy because he's trying to like woo this girl that he can only see 11 minutes at a time. Right. And like it's like three or four months before you can get it to work outside of like in the future, like it takes like three more months of work to figure out how to get back. Oh, so he's not really? seeing her. He's not just bouncing right back every no, time. No, oh, okay. There's so, like time chunks that are happening in the future each time. Gotcha. So months have passed for him over the course of the film, if not years. Right. Uh, but it all happened in two hours or whatever. <laughs> Are you seeing much of his life outside? No, you don't party? see anything outside the party. But you like you're told that it's yeah. But there's some gaps. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, 
I'm a sucker for those. Like, I, I am too. Of, like, like I love that sort thing. of stuff. Have you seen? Um, have you seen Predestination? No, but I know the book that it's based on. Yes, it was like a. Yeah, it's like a well-known. Yeah, Robert Heinlein. Uh, it was either All You Zombies or By His Bootstraps. I, th- I think it's All You Zombies. Yeah. yeah. I, we may have talked about it on the show before. I feel like we might have. Okay. I'm sure we talked about time Are we in a time before. loop? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I feel like something I feel like something is like cosmically wrong because we're sitting in the wrong seats. <laughs> <laughs> what you don't know, Jesse, is I've been doing this for the last, I've been reliving the same day for the last 20 years. <laughs> Uh, and I just got tired of sitting in your seat. Like, or this is the only way to break out is to switch seats. <laughs> we'll find out at uh, six a.m. And like every time you, every time uh, you do this in your loop, you get a different kind of bread. <laughs> and like maybe this one is the right maybe one. This is the right bread. right. Like you thought you were getting a little sourdough, and you mm-hmm. got just rustic Italian. I've eaten like... six thousand rustic, rustic <laughs> Italian loaves. Um, you went to the Whole Foods down the street just now. No, I went to the one on uh, 360. Okay. Um, how was it post-Amazon acquisition? I didn't notice. Cool. That's probably good. Yeah. And the I think the acquisition became official today. Yeah, the, the beer was in the same place. <laughs> the bread was in the same place. I kept seeing lots of things on the internet about... How, Amazon's like immediate, I mean, Whole Foods immediate changes. I, I read that they were going to do that. I didn't actually see any differences in prices. Like there, I saw lots of photos of um, Amazon Echo displays I saw that. immediately yeah. inside the door. I saw those. I didn't see them at the Whole Foods I was at, but I saw the pictures. Yeah. And like, and then like a, just super steep discounts on things, which like feels way more like a PR move yeah. on Amazon's part. As like, right? This is almost like product launch kind of thing oh, yeah. for them. It's like, hey, this is our new product, and we're gonna do this crazy thing to like get up, get yeah. a bunch of people talking about it. And I feel like the like the price cuts probably won't like last as deep as they were. Mm-mm. But well, the beer and bread were the exact same price they always are. Yeah. But uh, I bet the avocados were cheaper. I didn't buy an avocado because that's what the internet keeps telling me that. Gotta get them cheap avocados. Whole Foods has cheap avocados now because Cheapos. Amazon wants millennials cheap, to... Cheapavos. Chipavos. Chipotle. <laughs> um, the worst thing I saw was a Amazon butcher display counter with someone formed the Amazon logo out of ground beef. Like the smile arrow? Like the A with like the arrow under it? Yeah, the smile arrow. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty pretty stupid. Yeah, I can't get excited about that. (laughs) I just can't wait for Prime Day when I get to go get free groceries. Is that how that works? Probably. Because I would do that. (laughs) Yeah, like I don't participate in Prime Day. No. Uh, But if it was like, hey, everything at Whole Foods is 50% off. If you're a Prime member. (laughs) Right. I like might just hold my grocery shopping until that Mm -hmm. day. Man, how miserable would that store be, though? Oh, God. Can I use Amazon Prime now to get groceries on Prime Day from Whole Foods at half price? I think you'd have to use Amazon Fresh, which is their grocery-specific delivery service. Except Amazon Prime now delivers groceries. But it's not grocery-specific. Yeah. But it's not Prime. It's Fresh. It's Fresh Prime Whole Now. 
Yeah. Uber got a new CEO. Did they? Yep. I just don't, can't even be bothered to care. It's a white dude. <laughs> Weren't they specifically trying not to find a white dude? I don't think that strategy worked very well. <laughs> I think they were courting a lot of non-white dudes who were like, no, thank you. Yeah. No. I mean, I'd probably say no. I wouldn't. Yeah. Uh, because I would take the paycheck and burn the company to the ground. Okay, now I know we're in a time loop because we've had this conversation. <laughs> yes, too. I, yes, I, I did specifically <laughs> say that before. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to get you caught up on all the tech bro news. Tech bro news does bad stuff. I went back to Mastodon. Really? Yeah. Oh, did you? I didn't realize you gave Mastodon a break. Uh, well, so I gave Twitter a break a while ago. Right. Which you didn't get into very much last time you recorded. No. Uh, there's not a lot to say other than I kind of got tired of Twitter making me sad. Um, and so I stopped using it as much. Did you like delete it? No. I did put it in a folder that was hard to get to. Okay. It's like a lot of swiping. So like your like thumb reflex isn't going to just yeah. open it. Yeah. That's, that's basically what it was. The same thing with Reddit, actually. Like both of them are in mm, like mm-hmm. the same folder far away. Yeah. Um so now I like I can deliberately go to Twitter rather than accidentally go to Twitter as sort of an idle thing. That's all I do on my phone is I just unlock yeah. it and then like my thumb reflexively hits yeah. tweetbot. And I got tired of that. Yeah. Uh and so I think I stopped using Mastodon around the same time. Um although Mastodon is definitely more of a ghost town now. Like now that the sheen has worn off, right? There was the gold rush, yeah. Or not like gold rush is the wrong word, but that like there was the rush of like new users because mm-hmm. everyone was talking about it, right? Like there were probably tens or hundreds of thousands of people like me who were like, everyone's talking about Mastodon. Let yeah. me go make an account and check it out, and then immediately stop using. And it's it. not bad, but like I definitely, I don't put much on it, and I, it it feels very much like early Twitter. Mm-hmm. And in good and bad ways, like an early Twitter, I would tweak things and be like, I don't know if this is useful. Like, I don't know what I'm accomplishing here. Right. Um, And it was only when I like developed my social network on those places that they felt useful to me. Mm. And then I've lost that from Twitter. Like that no longer feels useful to me in that same way. Um, But I don't have it yet on Mastodon. Like, I don't know anybody who's on Mastodon who's, who's tooting up a storm. Like, yeah. Like I follow people, but they're people I've discovered on the platform. They're not people that like I have any inherent desire to follow one way or the other. I followed them because they were there and tweeting interesting things and I was trying to see who I should follow and who I shouldn't. Yeah. Um so that's that's kind of an interesting place to be there. Um and it's funny how many profiles of people I followed, like if I go open them up it's like last tweeted four months ago. Yeah. Like, like and it's all the same all four months ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is there any inherent like community still baked in because you're on a specific server? I think so. And I'm still on a very small server. Like we're under 700 people mm-hmm. and a bunch of those are probably accounts that aren't even tooting anymore. Um, and so I, I have an account on mastodon.social as well. Uh-huh. And I opened that up and it still feels pretty quiet. Like really? even like reading the local feed, um like that's that's one of the ones that got real big real fast yeah um so it's not super busy um but i also kind of like it because i can check it once or twice a day 
yeah. and then be done. And like that's really powerful. Yeah, the time commitment is not Mm-mm. very much. And so that's kind of neat. Like I I like it now because of that. Like yeah. I can check it, scroll back six hours in a couple swipes mm-hmm. and have read everything. <sighs> yeah, I I do kind of miss that yeah. about Twitter. Like it's only gotten busier. Yeah. And I and I do try to um stay very conscious of who I'm following so that I can deliberately unfollow people mm-hmm. when I feel like that's necessary. Cause I like I add followers like like very slowly, right? Like I might yeah. follow a new person like once a month. Yeah. And I try to be unfollowing at about the same rate. Mm-hmm. But like with the way that Twitter has evolved in the last like two years to yeah. be uh like for everyone to have a focus on politics as well as whatever else they were used to be focused on, like the volume the volume is so just yeah. greater. And so right like the, today I got home from work and I was like I sat down at my computer and was like I was like I was trying to get back to the top of my timeline before yeah. you came over and like I didn't make it. No. And I, I do that a lot where it's like yeah. like I or like I wake up or I I'm at work for a couple yeah. hours and, and I go on my lunch break minutes. and then I'm like trying to get back to the top because yeah. I because I'm also a completionist. Yeah. And so there's a trick to get back to the top. You just tap the top of the screen mm-hmm. and you're there. Can't do it. <laughs> Can't do it. Um. And because I, I can tell because of the like routine of it and how regularly I check Twitter, like my brain is very like attuned to the quantity of tweets. Mm-hmm. And so when I open Twitter and I, I see the new unread count yeah. and I can like tell what kind of signif- what level of significance of world events have been mm-hmm. happening based on how many tweets there are. Like if I wake up and there's like a hundred tweets, it's like, yeah. okay, that was like a pretty normal night. If I wake up and there's 400, 400 tweets, it's like, oh shit. Like moonlight one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Like something like that. Or like some news broke in the middle of the night and yeah. everyone freaked out about it. Um, like I got, I remember I took, uh, like I was caught up on Twitter before I went to work and mm-hmm. then like I took a 15, yeah. like three hours in. Yeah. And I opened Twitter and it was like 450 new tweets. And I like had like a visceral reaction. Like that number meant like, oh my God, like a war started (laughs) or there was a shooting or like, right, like some massive horrible event and turned out, uh, Someone I follow on Twitter like asked a goofy question and then, and retweeted, then retweeted every single response. <laughs> yeah, that's something that's something that happens on Twitter that I just don't care about. Like, yeah, and like some of them were funny, and like yeah. I was scrolling through it and I was like, haha, yeah, this is great, this is great, this is great. And then I was like, oh, this is all of these unreads are just this. Yeah, and so this is where I have failed at being a Twitter completionist. Yeah. I will like, I'll I just muted them for the day. And there you go. Yeah, and then it was like. 15 new tweets. Much better. There you go. Yeah. And what's funny, because there are definitely like, um, Alexander Aaron, who I think I've mentioned on the show before, is a is a Twitter pundit. Like, that's what she does right now. And mm-hmm. she, it's funny, because she's also like a science fiction author and is writing a superhero serial. Hmm. Um, but like, her money is all being made talking about politics on Twitter. Wow. Um, like, she does really long, really in-depth uh, threads about, often like, uh, what, what are her most interesting things to me is sort of interpreting Donald Trump. 
Mm. Um, and so like taking his speeches and going like line by line, like this is what he's saying. This is how he's saying it. This is what he means. Yeah. Um, and doing that sort of really deep in-depth cultural criticism, but she'll have a thread that's 400 tweets long sometimes. Like that's, that's maybe pushing, but a couple hundred tweets long is not unusual for her. Yeah. Um, and like, I want to read those, but now like, it's like, Oh, I want to go see if Alexandra Aaron has written anything about this and I'll go open up her website, you know, her Twitter page, you know, find whatever, you know, thread is currently ongoing. Cause there's usually one. Yeah. And then scroll to the top of it mm-hmm. and read that thread. Um, because she doesn't put her criticism anywhere else, which is really fascinating. And that like annoys me too. Well, so it annoyed me too, but she, she's talked about it. Cause I also support her on Patreon. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's talked about it and, and said like, look, this is how, what I do gets the biggest reach. Like people, people ask me like, Hey, put yeah. this in a blog. Hey, you know, put these on Storify, you know, put these somewhere where I can read them more easily. And she's like, I've tried all of those. It's a ton of work. And nobody reads them. Is she writing them sequentially in Twitter? Mm-hmm. Like she's not like writing a text file and no. then separating it out. No, she is writing them. And she she can also type on her phone at like 120 words per minute, which is oh, outrageous. Um, I think she uses a BlackBerry or something else with like a physical keyboard to make that easier. <sighs> really? Yeah. She's talked about her process before as well. Um, and so she doesn't plan it out ahead of time. She doesn't say like, this is the thing I'm going to talk about. Like it's very reactive. Um, but she, she's done like live tweets of like testimony at the, you know, it's not Supreme court, the, the live testimony, like Jeff Sessions and things like that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like congressional um, hearings. Yeah. Congressional hearings. And then if there's like major speeches or documents that come out, she'll often do like mm-hmm. deep reads of those. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I know who you're talking about. You've probably you, seen her tweets. Like you, I think you've retweeted her before, yeah. and like I'm, I'm pretty sure she's the person who like I see people retweet and do the pointy finger, yeah. with thread, yeah. for her a lot. Like, she, yeah. she's a thread writer, yeah. Well, and, 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 it's, and she's a making a living doing it. Like, so weird. At the end of her thread, she's always like, "Hey, if this is useful, PayPal, Patreon." Yeah, um, and like she said on her blog and she said on Patreon, like this is working. Like, I don't know how long this will be successful. Like, I, <laughs> this is not a guaranteed income stream, but it's working. It's paying my bills right now. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's awesome um, that she's able to do that. But also, like, I followed her for two or three years now mm. before all of that happened. Yeah. And even then she would thread, like, big, long threads. But they were about, like, D&D. <laughs> <laughs> um, because she, she came to prominence to me during... Uh, the first big Hugo kerfuffle. I've told you about the Hugo Awards kerfuffles. Yeah, was the one something about puppies? Yeah, sad puppies. Sad puppies, which was Gamergate, but for science fiction. Yeah. Um, and the first one happened three years ago now. And like she was writing about it then on her blog and it was getting passed around mm. among the, the folks that knew her and knew the sci-fi world, like the sci-fi literary world, which is a much smaller group of people than Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A little bit. Um, and so she gained some prominence there. And so I started following her blog. And I started following her on Twitter. And she was verbose back then. But her output has tripled. Wow. And so, like, I follow her because I want to know what she's talking about. But I also, like, 
can't interleave that with everything else that's going on in my Twitter feed. Like that's not a thing I can handle. Yeah, that that gets super weird because you go and you read like like t- you're just like scrolling through your main timeline. Yeah. You get through like twenty tweets of hers, and then like one by a random person. Yeah. And that like it's and it's and, difficult. And I I don't miss the the discourse of Twitter in a particular way. Hmm. Like I'm like oh no, people are saying things on Twitter, and I'm missing it. But the goo- the goofs and the memes. Yeah. Like I, I was super late to the uh the stock photo girlfriend dude looking at a person meme. It's so funny. It's so funny. Is it? Yes, it's hilarious. Because okay. I'm not seeing that. <laughs> one of one of them I'm, I'm let's do the part in the show where one of us describes a meme. Yeah, I love words. that part. It's a good uh, running gag we have. So one of them, uh my favorite is the you got the guy. Yeah. And uh, the guy is me, and the girl right next to him looking at him scornfully is Salmonella. Yeah. And then the girl in the red dress who he's looking at longingly is Rock Cookie Dough. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't even make sense. Yes, it does. Okay, fine. Because you'll get Salmonella if you eat Rock Cookie Dough, according to moms. The, the one I did see that I liked because um, I've seen a bunch of them and most of them they're, I, everywhere. they're everywhere I can't figure out why <laughs> there, okay there were two I liked um, one of which was started with that photo there's no text it was that photo and then it was like three more photos that was a sequence of the two women mm-hmm. um, and it ended up with them like drinking a milkshake together because uh-huh. they're all just stock photo actors yeah um, I, I happen to follow a lot of like uh, like gay people yeah. on Tumblr, and that one got real popular. Yeah, it's a good. It's a good. <laughs> like that's a good interpretation of that. But my other like queer interpretation of that that I really liked um, was they took the woman in red. I guess she's wearing red. I think so. Yeah, they took her face and put it on everybody's face. So all three of them were the same. <laughs> and the captions were. You don't even need anything else. That's hilarious. <laughs> it's real good. Um, but the captions were. A person in a healthy polyamorous relationship, a person in a healthy polyamorous relationship, and a person in a healthy polyamorous relationship. Okay, that's funny. (laughs) I liked that one. See, it's a good meme. That was a good meme. (laughs) (laughs) That one I enjoyed. Um, Yeah, I mean, so there are some good goofs and gags and memes on Twitter, but I mean, mostly it is very dark and depressing. Like when you were talking about it last time, like I remember feeling like, yeah, Twitter doesn't really make me happy either. No. But like, I'm not going to stop using it. Yeah, give it a try. But <laughs> the problem is, is since 2008, mm-hmm. with very few exception, like one of the people I follow retweets 400 of their replies. Like I've read every tweet from every person I've followed. Yeah. And if I take a break, I either have to make it permanent and never use Twitter again. <laughs> or when I come back, I have to spend whatever amount of time. That's not a break. Scrolling back through TweetBot all the way back to the top. That's not taking a break. Exactly. <laughs> so my only option is to commit to, is to go complete cold turkey on Twitter and I don't have the willpower or the or the desire to cold turkey Twitter. Yeah. Like I think the idea of a break is a would be, could be a fun experiment, but then the amount of work of recompleting is 
not worth it. <laughs> you don't have to recomplete. I, n- but I do. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm a broken person. Man, I want to uh, take advantage of this in some way. I want to go find someone you follow and like pay them money to turn their account into a bot like one of those ebooks bots <laughs> that tweets every three minutes mm. to just like absolutely destroy yeah. my timeline yeah but then i would just unfollow them so just pretend you've unfollowed everybody for a week but that sounds like cheating why <laughs> um Okay, so tell like tell me about like what what's the future of Twitter for you? Like, do you plan on like coming back in any regular way? Um, I I have been going back more briefly, like, um, but I I do the thing that you hate, which is I open Twitter, it says six hundred unread messages, and I tap the top, and then just kind of like, and I scroll through and see what's been happening in the last twenty minutes, or the last whatever. Um, I scroll until I'm like, okay, cool, and then I close the app. You're using Tweetbot to yeah, do this? Yeah. Okay. Tweetbot's great. It's a great Twitter app. Yes. Tweetbot is the best Twitter app. If you see like what you sound like now is the kind of Twitter user who should use Twitter.com. I don't want to use Twitter.com. Right. Twitter.com is a terrible interface. But then you get the like, here's what you've missed recently. I don't and... want that. I don't want what I've missed recently. I want to see what's happening right now. Don't show me six random tweets that you think I'm going to like because your <laughs> algorithm said so show me yeah. what's at the top of my timeline. That's what I want to see. Even if you like just missed significant things. If I just missed significant things, people are probably still talking about them on Twitter. Yeah. True. Like that meme. Yeah. People are still, <laughs> still tweeting that meme. <laughs> Got to tweet that meme. That's right. So, that's that's how I've been using Twitter. Like if I was if I wanted to go back full time, I would probably massively cut down the number of people I follow, which is over a hundred. Okay, probably one hundred and thirty. That's not too much. It's not like I've I've intentionally kept it fairly low. I had a rule for a long time, was that I couldn't follow more people than followed me, because mm-hmm. that just seemed reasonable. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see what I got. You, so you should. Oh, I'm following way more than I thought. I'm following three hundred seventeen people. Okay. So I'd want to get down to like 150. Or you could follow a lot more and commit to being the type of Twitter user you are currently, which is just dipping. Just dip in every once in a while yeah. and get the late the last couple minutes every yeah. day or whatever. So I also follow and I intentionally follow a lot of people. I follow Blundit? What? I don't think I follow Blundant. Who's that? It's the world's best expert accuracy tracker. I don't remember following this thing. <laughs> Is this made by somebody I know? Probably. I oh, think- I know what this is. This is stupid. I'm unfollowing this right now. Um, Let's listen live as Kevin scrolls through his following yeah. list and unfollows all the people he doesn't want to follow anymore. But no, so there's, I would say, 20% of the people I follow never tweet. Mm-hmm. Um, like me? Yeah. Well, like you. I mean, you at least retweet our shows. That's literally it. Yeah. Um, and every six months, um, Alex Cox, 
mm-hmm. who I follow on Twitter, asks her followers for screenshots of their home screens. Yeah, and you submit those. So she can critique them. Yeah. And then I, I do that too. Has she ever critiqued her home screen? Yes. I always get a, this is pretty good. <laughs> good job. Yeah. I'm, I'm very proud I'm of that. I'm proud of you. <laughs> Mine uh, is probably not pretty good. Probably not. It's probably okay. But the top row is definitely like the default four icons. Mm, that's bad. Yeah. I think I've modified my dock. That'll get that'll get you an immediate failure. Modifying your dock? No, leaving anything default. Oh, yeah. No, my, my dock is default. And my top four apps are default. Yeah, I do have a bunch of folders. Yeah, you would really lose yeah? her critique. Too many folders? The folders don't make sense. Uh, you have default rows. Your wallpaper, although it's a great picture of your cat, does not work as a wallpaper. Um, that is a picture of my cat sticking her tongue out. That is the best wallpaper <laughs> ever. Uh, listen, I'm just passing along the message. Also, you have more than one home screen. I have seven? No. That's a big no-no. I have five. Um, which is plenty. Uh, but no, my folders all make sense. Read me, hear me, watch me, socialize me, play me. <laughs> Those are cute. Yeah. Um, I just, I just thought of a, like, I think one of the real-ish reasons why, like, Twitter is still valuable to me, yeah. even though it makes me sad most of the time, is it's, it's still the only, it's like my only source mm-hmm. on the internet. Like, it's still my primary and almost exclusive place. Yeah. Um, I don't visit websites yeah. or resources separately. Um, and so everything that I get to read... Comes through that. Comes from people linking to things on Twitter. Yeah. So, like, I follow people who, like, have good taste and good judgment and who yeah. have, like, values aligned with mine. And they read things that I want to read. And mm-hmm. then they post them. And then I read them. That's fair. And so, like, like I do, I do a lot of reading. Like, I read a lot of, like internet writing yeah and that's where i get it and if i didn't get it from twitter i'd have to like have some vastly different mechanism yeah see i don't use twitter for that uh i have rss feeds i'm yeah like i migrated away from that yeah after a while because i realized i don't i don't want to like know everything that a specific publication posts i want the good things as discovered by people's taste i have like some of the publications i follow are aggregators of good content like boing boing is a great example of something that's Mm. been around for a very long time has a very strong history of aggregating cool things Mm -hmm. and very little of what they publish is like long form media criticism right uh or or just long form anything yeah um but they often link to things that are worth reading and are fascinating um so that's that's where i get a lot of that yeah and I, like I don't I don't follow Boing Boing, um, but something similar like like Kotki, yeah. Um, like I used to have, to have Kotki in my RSS feed, and now mm-hmm. I just follow his Twitter. Twitter yeah, which is the same the, thing. Mm-hmm. Well, Twitter is for a lot of people replaced RSS like across the and board. That's exactly what it did for me. Um, and I I can't do that. Like that's not easy for me because one of the things like I love doing with my RSS feed is what I'm just now making up the name for is what I call sweeping. So I will quickly scan through an RSS feed um, because I've got different categories. So like media or news Mm -hmm. or comics. And I'll quickly scan through those and basically just sort of like make a binary decision. Do I want to read this or not? Yes or no. And anything I don't want to read, I leave unread. So like I, it's literally keystrokes. Like I use, Mm -hmm. I think it's J and K. J and K to go up and down. To go up and down and N 
M marks something as unread. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I can sit there and pretty quickly go through a hundred items down, 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 M down, down, M, you know, and basically, and then call that to five or six things that I want to spend time with and read and come back to those. The things you want to read are being marked as read. Unread. Okay. So like most stuff is being marked as read. As read. Because if I scroll through it, it's yeah. automatically marked as read. Because I've looked at it. Okay, yeah, I got you. So, yeah, so you scroll to it and then flip it back if yeah. you want to return to it. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so like I I have my default settings on my reader are to only show me things that are unread. And so marking them as unread, which I can do with a keystroke, I can probably also like save as a keystroke, but that doesn't, that puts them into a different folder that I want to have to deal with later. <laughs> um, so I just leave them unread until I get to them. Um, and if something like stays at the bottom of that list for a long time, I, I have to say, well, do I really want to read this or do I just think I want to read this? Uh-huh. And make that decision. So yeah, it's probably not worth reading and move on. Yeah. Um, and so that's, that's like what I do to get through my feeds mm. is it's, it's the same methodology as what I like on Twitter of, you know, it's not, it's a river. You don't have to drink everything in the river to sate your thirst. <laughs> you don't have to drink the whole fire hose to not be thirsty anymore. That sounds fake. Yeah. Says Jesse with the fire hose blasting yeah, directly exactly. into his face. <laughs> I got to drink the whole fire hose. <laughs> um, you know, it's a river. You dip in and you dip out. Uh, and so like, that's how I treat my RSS feeds. Cause I've got, 200 maybe mm-hmm. um, not most of those don't post very often like some of those like somebody posts once every six months and I'm like oh boy there's a post from this I'm excited but it's a way to it's one place to combine that with something that posts 20 articles a day yeah, yeah. yeah. like Boing 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 posts a bunch Vox huh? posts a bunch I follow them because um, yeah. Vox I, I will admit like does a lot of really good stuff mm-hmm. um, either linked to in, linking to or a lot of original research stuff they put on that's really strong yeah uh, and so like I have the entire Vox RSS feed coming through to my inbox yeah I so I like I switched I used to do that yeah um, oh I'm curious what are you using to do RSS reading um, I've switched a few times what am I using right now uh, Feedly okay yeah um so i used to do that and i realized that with publications like boing boing mm-hmm. um i remember like ars technica mm-hmm. um places like that that do like 20 posts a day yeah there were a lot of them where all my interaction with them was just like scrolling through and deciding no i don't want to read this no i don't want to read this and like mm-hmm. every once in a while there'd be an article that i want to read and i would save it yeah and I realized, like, like all I'm doing is just opening this app and deciding I don't want to interact with any of it. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. So, like, right, like, you could get 100 article, 100 posts, and, like, two of them I'd want to look at. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't worth it to me and that's what caused me to switch to twitter and not follow the publications themselves but follow a lot of people who read them too like i'm just letting everyone else do my work yeah and subject themselves to those hoses yeah um right like i might i love ars technica Mm -hmm. like ars technica is a fantastic website they do incredible work and i might read one of their articles every two or three weeks Mm -hmm as they show up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But, and, and I don't feel like I'm missing anything by not mm-hmm. seeing the headline of every single one they post every day. Yeah. That's fair. 
Uh, yeah, I just I would I would rather make the decision, and it's it's a low enough difficulty thing. Yeah, especially considering I don't come home and sit on my bed and read Twitter for two hours every day, because <laughs> that's what I would do. Like I would come home and I would lay down and I would read Twitter mm-hmm. for an hour and a half to two hours. Yeah, it's like a to thing get I up. dedicate time to. And like that's like I do a lot of things that waste time. That's not a denial. But uh, that's not one I wanted to waste time on anymore. Yeah. Or what it is mostly for me, it's like Twitter. I don't I don't do that as much. Like yeah. I don't like like just sit down and look at Twitter for a long time, but it fills every gap. Yeah. Every little gap. Like as soon right? Like even if I get up from my desk to walk to the bathroom, it's I scroll Twitter. through I scroll through Twitter the whole way there. Yeah. Um like every like break from work, every walk from one place to another. Yeah. It's I was doing that. It's, yeah. That's when I'm doing Twitter. And very rarely is it like, okay, let's sit down for an hour. So I was doing both. Like it was filling up both. Yeah. Which is even worse. Um, I did the, you were talking about when you are saving your mm-hmm. articles and you can see the ones that have been sitting there at the bottom yeah. for a long time. Yeah. So like I do that, but with Instapaper, mm-hmm. right? So things that I see on Twitter that I like. Yeah. You like save Instapaper. I'll just save an Instapaper and read them later. And you, you do the thing where you get all the things accumulating at yeah. the bottom. And yeah. You, they keep pushing down and you're getting through stuff at the top. That's more interesting. And they all, all the mm-hmm stuff you probably don't actually want to read gets to the bottom. Yeah. And for me, it's things that I like probably don't actually want to read and really long things. Yeah. Long things are tough. That was what a lot of this hurricane weekend was too, was I was like, okay, long reads, let's knock out a bunch of this Insta paper queue. And I read like, like I spent an afternoon and I read like five articles that were all like over 45 minute long reads. Which is great, yeah, and like exhausting. <laughs> it's a lot of work, but like, God, some people write great, amazing things mm-hmm. that are just really hard to commit yeah. to. <laughs> Take a long time to read. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a couple people I follow that that do that consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I also I I think I've put a lot of work into curating my feeds in the same way that you've probably curated your Twitter followers yeah. to like find things that send me the best stuff. Yeah. Um, although I will be honest, I don't think I would have discovered, uh, the future of football without Twitter. Mm. Cause that one I definitely discovered via, via Twitter. And that's one that, uh, was really a really powerful experience. Yes. And that's one of those things that sat in my Insta paper for a long time. Yeah. Cause I saw a lot of people like the day it was published. A lot of people were like, I can't explain this at Just all. Just click this link. But you need to read this. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I trust these 20 people who are all saying this. Yeah. I'm going to save it for later. Like I opened it immediately and was like, what just happened to this website? This is weird. <laughs> this is super weird. I'm going to come back to this. And then I didn't come back to it for like a month. Yeah. Uh, but oh boy. What an experience. Oh. When did you read it? Did you? I started reading it day one or two and did so did you continue to return daily to get the for updates? a couple days i did um and then i paused mm. um and then found time later to continue reading it and i think i was like i hit the end of it a couple times during reading it so i got like continued tomorrow like a few times the first uh-huh. couple days i read it live i paused for two or three days and then caught up and then I didn't finish reading it until like I texted you about it when I finished it. Uh-huh. So there was a pretty big gap between the like getting about halfway through it, yeah, and then finishing it. Mm-hmm. And then I finished it pretty much in a day. Yeah, I um, I was this was 
maybe like Wednesday or Thursday night yeah. this past week. And or this was like right when I was starting to be like, okay, I'm going to start knocking out this instant paper stuff. And yeah. then which finished during the hurricane. And like I had done some reading and I was getting ready for bed. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I'm going to read one more thing before bed. <laughs> and I didn't realize it was that it was as long. Like yeah. I knew it was going to be fairly long, but I didn't realize it was that long. I thought like maybe 30 minutes. Yeah. And so it's like 11 something. Mm-hmm. And I lay in bed and I'm, and I'm with I'm on my computer because yeah. I knew it would like wouldn't be quite right on my phone. Um. And I stayed up until a little bit after one. Yeah. And I didn't finish. And I didn't know how many parts there were. Yeah, that's that was my favorite part. Like not knowing. Yeah. Not knowing. Like even coming back to it later, like when I came back, I'm like, this could still be running. Like, I don't know mm. if this has ended. Yeah, or did not. it end yet? Yeah. Yeah. And so like, and, but I was like, I was falling asleep and I was like, okay, I have no idea how much is left, but I'm going to stop. And then I woke up at like seven o'clock in the morning, like got up, showered, like brushed my teeth, grabbed some, grabbed food and immediately like fell back into bed and was like, I got to finish reading this. Yeah. Um, and I, it turns out I had gotten through like, 21 of the 25 i think sure i don't remember exactly and so like i only had like a little bit like 15 minutes ago like in the morning but god what a wild experience yeah like the the basic premise is uh, what happens to football in the future yeah what happens to football in the future as told by space probes yeah three different space probes uh pioneer nine pioneer 10 and and the jupiter icy something the juice 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 yeah um it's real football gets real weird yeah but i mean but it's also like but it's also about like people and you know these the very human stories Mm -hmm. the freaking women woman trying to you know catch a ball in 500 (laughs) yeah and the light bulb the light bulb i knew about that light bulb i'd never heard of it so the light bulb was one of those days where I was reading it like as it happened mm. and juice said like in the like cliffhanger, like it's going to hit the light bulb and you, knew I what knew what meant. it was. Mm. And I was like, no, <laughs> no to be continued. And I'm like, no. Um, yeah, that was rough. That hurt. Yeah. It like that. Um, I really loved the, person who's like been hiding out in the cave yeah yeah for a long time. playing hide and seek yeah it, just like the i do feel like i lost something reading it because i don't love football that's really interesting because i don't feel that way and i don't love football but like it's it's obvious that right like it's not about football right yeah. it's about football but it's not really about football yeah because it's about like what are people in the future like how do people deal with the idea that what what do we do when all that's left is play right yeah exactly that's what it is right like people people don't die people aren't born there are no more problems so you just get to play and that turns into a million different really weird things yeah and the thought experiment exploration of it was really fun and amazing mm-hmm. but because like it's still focused on football like it's not yeah. exploring all the other ways humans have no discovered to play i read an interview with uh john boyce who talked about like i couldn't think about all those other things because there were too many implications right so like i couldn't explore anything outside of like what i was talking yeah. about and it's like it's a very unrealistic sure scenario right so like what? that's not what would happen yeah um 
but it's obvious that it was written by someone who does know and love and care about football Mm -hmm. because the way the way that football is important to people in the future is because it's important to the person writing it yeah and i feel like i like i just wasn't able to connect with that sentiment Hmm. as much as as obvious some people can right like a football lover reading that will connect with a part of that more than i can i don't know i was more excited about the football in this story being as alien to me as football today is (laughs) so like i very much felt kind of like pioneer nine the the protagonist Uh such as it was um, of like not quite understanding any of this, but also that's how I feel mostly about football now. Mm. So like I was definitely like connected there. Mm. Yeah. Have you ever been a football person? No. See, I like I used to be. I've been to like two football games. Yeah, like I like I used to be a big football fan. Yeah. Back like when I was in like elementary and middle school, like I was a big sports person. Mm-hmm. Um. So maybe it was that like I could tell I had something less than I used to. And, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, man, those games—it's <laughs> weird games. Yeah, I love the the one that like goes all the way up the like north to south through the country, yeah. but is still as wide as a football yeah. field. Yeah, <laughs> that one is real strong. My favorite, I think, was uh, Game Twenty Seven, which is the one in the Bronco Stadium. It's been like carved into fifty-eight different territories. Uh-huh. And there's all like the weird like legal. Imp- yeah, like, there's a there's a bojangles, and... but they moved the bojangles to a different location. <laughs> Still like, in the game. There's like skyscrapers built. There's isn't there like a second ball that was introduced or maybe. something maybe. Like well, there's there's a third team that showed up. Oh yeah, they wanted to. The 49ers want to start. Wanted to join for some reason. It's very strange. Like that. That was my favorite section. The, the oh the reason why I liked the cave person. Yeah isn't necessarily because like the idea of like sitting in the cave for 10,000 years is horrible, (laughs) but the idea that there's people out there who are tasked with like to completion, exploring a area of land. Yeah. Like to the extent that like this person had been walking around for like 500 years, exploring this, like a small area of land to completely like catalog Mm -hmm. and explore it. Like that's wild. Yeah. And talk to everyone. Like I can go like two weeks can feel like a super long time to me. Yeah. But or in 500 that, years. That's yeah. Like in 500 years isn't even that big of a deal. Yeah. That one was really fascinating. Yeah. Um, go read it folks at home. Yes. Uh, what's the, what's the art, article title? Like the, this is what football looks like in the future. Or yeah. Something, something like along that. those lines. Um, the, the other interesting things to me, um, the way it, starts yeah is written it's transmissions uh-huh. between two unknown things yeah written over a calendar yeah showing the time the, gaps between the transmissions that was a real strong opening and i remember like it was super stressful yeah because the one like the one character is like bl- begging and pleading for yeah. for more Talk messages me. and the other one is like not able to do so uh-huh. and, and then there's the forced waiting and yeah and i thought like i was reading that and i was like is this how the whole in this because I don't, oops, like this whole entire thing is like a complete mystery to me. So I have yeah, no, idea no idea what you're going what into. To expect. I'm like, am I just going to like read a calendar for a long Maybe. time? <laughs> and, but then it just turns into so many more things. Like yeah. There's the videos and the, there's a whole section on the, the pioneer ads for yeah. like the pioneer vans over 30 years. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That was amazing. Oh, 
Um, I also can't believe, like I mentioned this to you, I can't believe that was published on SB Nation. Yeah. I love it. Like, I, I kind of wouldn't believe it published anywhere. But of the places to publish it. Yeah. Like, that would be, that to me sounds like something published on, like, I don't know, some, either some, like, complete one-off, like, indie person's website. Mm-hmm. Or maybe, I don't know. I can't, I can't, I can't think of a single publication yeah. that, like, has run anything like that. Before. Well, so I read science fiction magazines, uh-huh. and, like, it could fit into those, but it wouldn't have, I think, the same impact as airing on SB Nation. Yeah. Because I read, I read, there's a few of them. There's Uncanny, um, there's a couple that I pick up every now and then. Uh, like, I went to, after I finished reading that, I went to SBNation.com the yeah. homepage to be like, what else is going on in this website? Like, I don't read it because yeah, it's, it's sports. It's all about sports. But like, like I went to the website and it was like, it's just a bunch of regular, normal sports news. Yep. It's just sports news. And like, I like imagine like you go to SB nation cause you want to like, see what the latest going on with. Yeah. What's, what's up with team? The, yeah. Team. And you're like, huh, what, what is the future of football going to look like? Right. And I remember seeing that when I saw the headline for the first time, yeah. I was like, Hmm, is this about like the concussion controversy? Yeah. Like how is football going to be different when we have to accommodate for concussions mm-hmm. and stuff? Nope. And I was like, no, it's not that at it's all. Different. It's light speed is the other one I read regularly. Mm. Are, are these websites or like print print magazines? Um, most of them just exist on the web, but they will they make like PDF or EPUB versions that you can download to a Kindle or an iPad. And c- could they publish something like this? They could, like yeah, in, in this format. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I don't know that any of them have. Yeah. Um, but they they could. Like, I wouldn't be surprised to see something like this in an issue of Lightspeed. Mm-hmm. I don't think it would have the impact again because I think the medium is the message like picking up a science fiction, you know, magazine and reading this would make sense. Like I, I expect that in the context, Mm. um, the, the surprise of it, of being on SB nation, like I think is a part of the experience. Yeah. Uh, and being in that sort of context in that world of like, this is the thing. I want to know how mad it made some people. I bet not mad. I bet not very mad. Um, I saw something about the article's engagement numbers. Yeah. Um, you can track like how many people survived from page to page to page sure. or right. Like t- amount of time spent on each page. Yeah. And like, I think like less than 10% of people like even make it past the first page. I wouldn't be surprised by that. The first page is a difficult one. It might be the hardest. Yeah. Um, some of them are like just a YouTube video to watch. Yeah. That's like three minutes long. But um, like it's kind of sad to me. I'm, like imagine being that writer or publisher or editor or whatever. And you're like, look at all the, right? Like that probably mm-hmm. got tons of traffic. Yeah. Because it was shared a lot. Yeah. And you like get all excited about all this traffic. And then it's like, there's not really that many people who actually read it. Yeah. Enough people read it. I'm sure. But like it's probably in the thousands like single Ten, digit thousands? tens of like, thousands like low tens of thousands is my guess and it probably got generated a couple million hits yeah i would i would like kill a small animal to get 10,000 hits on something i made <laughs> true true 
but very that, small. But that's what that's what's like. That's where the sadness is. Is that like yeah. even if you get tons of hits, like you're still not actually reaching mm-hmm. them. Like a hit is not actually that valuable of a thing. Yeah, a complete reading is. Mm-hmm. It's very different ve- and very difficult. Yeah, like so. It's it's interesting thinking of like your standard or your measures of success for like internet publishing. Yeah. People are, you know, people are like, I get millions of unique visitors every month, but like, there's probably like 200 people who read every word you write. I saw a funny thing. Um, I started watching a series of videos recently. Um, I can't remember what it's called. It's something along the lines of like uncovering bullshit. Um, and it's an online course. Like it's a series of lectures in a classroom. Hmm. Um, and sort of dealing with bullshit in data visualization and bullshit in data mm. um, from two guys who like do peer review of scientific journals and try and like find it. But specifically talking about like in popular media. Yeah. Um, and there was a chapter I was watching because it's in it's a bunch of different lectures and I was watching one of the lectures. And where was I going with this? Oh, uh, <laughs> impact. Cool. Um, and so the very first lecture, they start, you know, it's two different guys who are talking, they're kind of trading off. And one of them is talking about like how they've got this, this website about bullshit, um, detecting bullshit, unmasking bullshit, something along those lines. Okay. We'll find the link later. Um, and he was talking about like how they've managed to have a lot of success with it and it kind of has taken off. Um, and he shows this chart that, you know, is the time since they launched the website. Um, and the number starts getting really, really big. And it's like this big, you know, up and to the right sort of thing with underneath it all. Um, and so it's like, you know, we've had a lot of really success and it's kind of a big deal. Um, so it's kind of neat that we get to do this class and all that's why you're here probably. Um, and the other guy goes, all right, all right, hold on. We've got to call ourselves on our own bullshit here. <laughs> uh, what's wrong with this graph? And he points to it and you look at it and it's, uh, well, there's two things. A, like the Z axis or the Y axis starts at like a hundred thousand, mm. which is interesting. So I don't know what's happening because it because like the first two weeks you don't see the data. It's below the Y axis or the X axis. He's like, so that's that's a problem. Like it's I don't know what's happening down there. I can't see it. But also, this is total unique viewers over time. Ah, it can't do anything but get bigger. <laughs> yeah. Um. And just, let me show you our daily unique viewers. And it's like, there's a big spike at the very beginning. Uh, and then it's mostly not very good with a few spikes as other people have linked to it. There've been news stories about it. That's awesome. Um, and so like, that's, it was a really interesting, like sort of example of like data manipulation. And it's like mm-hmm. the, what they're showing you wasn't wrong. Um, and then they showed a very similar graph from Tim Cook's first keynote, uh, which was total iPhone sales. Mm-hmm. So like Tim Cook took over, iPhone sales took a hit, but like they weren't selling as many and people were very worried. And so Tim Cook gave a keynote and it's like, look, our total number of iPhone sales is higher than it's ever been. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it can't go down. Well, it's like in every, in the keynote, there's a, there's a template. Mm-hmm. And in the template, it's, we need a graph that makes this shape. Yeah. And so which data this year makes that shape yeah and just put that data in and say the data as if uh-huh. you were saying the better data yeah so we uh, you know the number of all iphones sold has never been lower <laughs> it literally could never it be could lower. never be lower <laughs> um the there's a term that's used in 
like tech media yeah. for this. It's called a Bezos chart or a Bezos graph <laughs> because Jeff Bezos, Jeff Bezos from our favorite grocer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> H-E-B? <laughs> um, is notorious for this. Yeah. Like every, every graph that shows up on a keynote or presentation yeah. that he does has no axis labels <laughs> or quantities. <laughs> Right, because he did this with a lot of the like the fire devices. Yeah, you know, like they had like fire phones and the fire TV and all this stuff, and it would just be like graphs up and to the right. It's yeah, like our you know we're our, doing great. Our sales are great. Yeah, we've sold more than we've ever done before. And like Tim Tim Cook does this with uh, there's certain so some Apple products are uh, sectioned out and given like sales quantities. Yeah, and, and some are not. And reporting like so Apple Watch specifically is not. Yeah, it is part of another group. That gets a total revenue, mm-hmm. but unit sales of Apple Watch is not reported. Yeah. And that's to like protect a new product mm-hmm. in case it was bad. Yeah. But like every time there's been an earnings call, it's like like the first one it was like Apple Watch is good. And then it was like Apple Watch is like twice as good. Yeah. It's like Apple Watch is doing great. Mm-hmm. And then it's better than last year. And then like yeah. never been better. You know, yeah. like it's <laughs> it's all these things that like do have a relational meaning to something, but, but you not, don't know yeah. what it could be. And like, I mean, I'm confident that the Apple Watch is doing fine. Yeah. I see him all the time. Yeah, I'm sure it's doing fine. Yeah. But I'm like, sure it's outselling the Amazon Echo. Like uh, probably. Yeah. But I've seen more watches than I've seen Echoes. But you just have to make a ambiguous enough graph yeah. and use ambiguous enough words yeah. so that you and that's what the, the that's thing. what this video series is about. It's really fun to watch. Yeah, that's great. Um, speaking of Tim Cook, yeah, I saw. I was famous on Twitter. <laughs> I saw. I didn't see the picture on Twitter, but I saw it on LinkedIn. Mm. Your social network of choice. It's the one I use the most. <laughs> Are you a LinkedIn completionist? I don't think it's possible. <laughs> does LinkedIn have like a feed? It does. Can you post? You can. Weird. People do. And someone I know posted a picture of a lot of people at the Apple store around Tim Cook. Mm -hmm. And I saw your head in the background. Yep. They said, hey, Jesse, you're tall. Go to the back. You see the top two thirds of your head. So I'm standing on my tippy toes (laughs) trying to get my eyes above the head head in front of me so I can see the camera. Yeah. I saw you. Tim Cook has very soft hands. You shook his hand? Mm -hmm. That's nice. Yeah. I've never shook in his hand. <laughs> I've never shook in his hand either. <laughs> we just move on from that, but nope. <laughs> let's just uh, let's well, just enjoy it for a moment. We'll fix that one in post. Yeah. The hell is post? <laughs> post too. Um, 